0: Ago, but it seems to have stopped. Pardon? I had heard an echo a minute ago, but it seems to have stopped. And we are. I
1: think on what air. I just what Welcome,
0: Everyone, thank you for joining Sis Empowerment Podcast, where we share information and solutions that empower and infuse harmony into your everyday living. Today's topic is the future of work. I'm Raisa Nazaire, and I'm here with my co-host Sky Samuels. Sky, welcome. And as we wait for Sky to join, we'll just jump into the show.
1: Oh. Hi Raisa, Today's how are you?
0: Is, we're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. We've got a really timely topic tonight and it is the future of work. Currently, one in four Americans are out of work due to this pandemic pandemic and the resulting economic collapse. Of the jobs that will return, the makeup of work and the jobscape will be forever changed as to how people work and how businesses Get things done. Because during the shelter in place, businesses have figured out new ways of doing business to survive. They've enhanced the technology that they're using, and for office jobs, we have more and more remote workers. Yet, this is a very exciting time when we embrace our purpose, our potential the unique perspective that each of us brings to the table and infinite possibilities to step into an occupation that stimulates our mind, body, and spirit instead of just working for money or prestige. The future of work is not predetermined. It is now up to us to shape it. And our guest tonight is Chandra Russell, known as Career Coach Chandra. She is a certified career leadership coach and she is the chief success officer of her company, which is called Polish Position and Powerful Coaching. Chandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. And thank you for being here. Now, Chandra, I know that Your services are complete, A to Z, including virtual and face-to-face, individual, group, and team career coaching, which goes from building an effective resume to building an engaging LinkedIn profile for the next step of salary negotiation, and finally to accepting the job. Would you tell us what led you to address career coaching in such an expansive manner? Uh, Sure.
2: Um, You know, I started out as an HR manager at a Fortune 500 company, and in that role I managed the team that handled the downsizing on a national level. So uh, in that role, my, my position was to, and my job was to go out and talk to people who were at risk of being laid off, and so in that I discovered that my passion was to just help people pull their resources together, get uh, a strategy in order to uh, be successful in their job search. So, moving forward, when I left AT and T, which is where I worked, um, I started my own business as a coach. And I realized that in order to be successful in a job search and to land the position that you desire, you have to be polished in all phases of the search, from resume to negotiating the right job offer. So that is what I do. I really try to help my clients from – the beginning of their search from having a great resume all the way to landing that perfect position. And there's no way that you can be successful in a job search without having all those, from a resume to networking to negotiating salary. Um, So I decided that that's how I wanted to advise my clients and coach my clients, is to have the full package and be known as the full package, if you will, coach.
0: Okay, awesome. So can you tell me how resumes are different now from how they were, say, three years ago? Actually, they
2: are not that different. I think the one, the thing that's different in the job search now is more using the LinkedIn profile. But um, three years ago, resumes uh, were – I guess if you look at a resume, if you want to compare them, one of the biggest changes on a resume uh, is keywords, you know, a keyword area. And the reason that's so important on a resume now is because most companies have an applicant tracking system as well as uh, recruiters use keywords in order to search for clients to um, interview. So... About three years ago, you would have maybe a resume that would have an objective on it, looking for a position that where I can utilize my skills. Now your resume should have more keywords that's connected to the position that you're looking for, and that objective statement is no longer on your resume. Uh, what what replaced it is a summary, and in that summary would be uh, phrases and keywords again, that will connect you to what you're looking for, uh, or more uh, for positions moving forward versus where you came from, you know? So um, uh, the best way to put together a resume now is to, first of all, know what you are targeting, the type of positions, and as well as the company, target companies, look at the job description, and make sure your resume is tailored to that job description. And then, how do you take that uh, I to want the to say next? Something as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I also wanted to say something about the importance of LinkedIn because um, LinkedIn now is taking uh, the place, if you will, of of the resume. Although resumes are still important, I actually predict that in maybe the next three to five years, LinkedIn will probably replace the, the resume. Wow.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So, that needs so, to you, might that so
2: you might can ask that I question. You might ask that question, why? Um, first of all, LinkedIn is more, you know, automated. And mm-hmm. uh, 99, to 99 to 99.5% of recruiters and HR managers now use LinkedIn to sort through profiles and identify potential candidates. Uh, so if you are going uh, for a position and you send in your resume, more than likely the recruiter will look at your LinkedIn profile before he or she looks at your resume. Mm.
0: That's interesting. And LinkedIn mm-hmm. profiles often have links to other social media as well.
2: absolutely. Uh, Other social media, jobs, uh, you can connect with people. You know, networking is the number one way that people find positions. So LinkedIn is the best way to network with people, especially when you're looking for a position.
0: So let's go through all of the steps. And since we're discussing them, and the next part of the package is salary negotiation. Mm -hmm. How do you address that with a client? Well, usually uh, the
2: first question in a screening interview would be, after Tell Me About Yourself, would be what type of salary are you looking for? So I encourage my clients first to do some salary research using some of the the salary uh, platforms like salary.com or Glassdoor. I usually, uh, as well... Talk to my client about uh, the, the salary that they were making in their previous position because that's a great place to start, especially if they want to continue on with moving up in their salary as opposed to stepping back. So, uh, mm-hmm. when a recruiter asks, What type of salary are you looking for? I say, Start with what you were making. For example, in my previous position, I was making between 125 and 130. So I'm looking for a position that can pay me at least that or higher, however, this seems to be a great match for me and I'm totally open to negotiating my lower salary if I have to do so uh, so the the objective is to get into mm-hmm. that interview once you get into that interview and, and unfortunately the salary question is it can make you or break you or you know it can get you in the, screen you in I, I say or screen you out uh, but it's, it's better to start with what you are making as opposed to just pulling a figure out of the air and and using that. Because once you uh, offer that position, you can always negotiate a higher salary, always.
0: Mm -hmm. And and then finally to accepting a job offer.
2: And the job offer would be the, the final step. Once you have made, made the job offer, you will receive a job offer package uh, that is usually sent via email. And you can negotiate everything on the job offer. You can even ask for a sign on bonus. Uh, you can negotiate more vacations. You can negotiate a 401k option. You can negotiate um, paid time off. All of that is negotiable once you've made the job offer. So uh, with my client, I help with that. So when they receive the job offer, they give me a call. We go down each one of the offers, and we talk about whether it's acceptable or not. Then we go back to the recruiter or the HR manager and negotiate what we want. Uh, We start with the salary, usually, and with the sign-on bonus. And uh, if we want more money, then we can ask and take all that back to the um, recruiter, and he or she can get back to HR or the hiring manager or whoever is the decision maker in the company, and then they come back and say yes or no.
0: Okay. So I think one of the hardest
2: things that I have people to uh, realize is that you can always negotiate a higher salary. Usually women do not negotiate. They always accept the offer, whereas men tend to, uh, they, they, they tend to, to be okay with negotiating. They, they, are, they don't agree with the salary no matter what. But I don't know, for some reason, we as women tend to take the first offer that we are given.
0: Uh, one of my mentors told me that men and women negotiate differently and with job offers usually leave money on the table. And ever since then, I've never <laughs> left money on the table again. It's definitely a negotiation. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think the, the the topic that a lot of our listeners are really interested in hearing about is what jobs are hot, which are in with this post-pandemic or even during pandemic, and those Mm -hmm. that are going to be out. So where is that opportunity? And let's start with what's hot right now and what you anticipate would be hot moving forward.
2: Well, what's hot now is uh, online teachers, as you know, um, and also what's hot is the um, Internet of Things, IoT. Uh, that is mm-hmm. the uh, process of having all the, uh, the uh, technology connected. Uh, also, cybersecurity is hot. E-commerce is hot. Gaming, video gaming is extremely hot now, and so is solar energy. Any type of engineer is hot. Engineering is hot. And the other thing that's extremely hot right now that you may not think it might be, but is therapists and counselors, especially online therapists and counselors, because you know we are we are on a on a international level kind of suffering with PTSD with all of the the virus stuff that's going on, and so um, we, with that comes the fear of going out and socializing again. So. The, the therapists and counselors are ones that we really need. Online investment banking and any type of social media platforms and marketing is hot. Also, uh, supply chain management and logistics is very hot as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I think so
2: now they mentioned- Oh, what, is what, was, what was your question?
0: I was just making a statement. You mentioned cyber security, and then we mm-hmm. also have regular security. There's, there are the um, the jobs that people don't think about as much as opportunities, and even things that are kind of back to the future, like seamstresses and shoemakers and carpenters mm-hmm. as we move away from big businesses and start to, become more community-based, and those jobs that weren't there before start to come back. You are so right, especially
2: with um, seamstress. Uh, and take, for example, um, the people who are making the different types of masks. Now, that's going to be a a, a a different style, you know. It's going to Mm-hmm. start being a way to uh, masks will, will be coordinated with our dress so you know when we go out we're going to be looking for what type of mask are we going to wear I, I, I predict that's going to be around for a while uh, the fact that we'll have to wear masks so that has created a, a lot of opportunities for people who were seamstress and people who uh, had long stopped sewing Now they've pulled out their sewing machines and they're making uh, different types of apparel that is more safety-conscious and health-conscious.
0: Safety, health, and fashion will be combined. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what's not going to be around would be the uh, face-to-face shopping. You know, retail stores are going out of business. Uh, Macy's is closing down uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. They all are closing their stores now because they want to have more of an online presence and it's necessary in order for them to stay in business. So that face-to-face shopping experience that we so loved is going to go away. Uh, However, there are going to be smaller boutiques in communities that will be a different way to shop uh, because people mm-hmm. would be looking for places to go. And, and in that respect, it would be more of the little smaller boutiques.
1: And you know, that has been happening day. for the last 10 years or so with the um, larger chains and larger um, shopping malls and stores. They have mm-hmm. been uh, closing down for the last 10 years or so, so this is going to mm-hmm probably hasten that to a certain extent. Absolutely Macy's started
2: closing down about 2 years ago. So, um because they couldn't compete with Amazon and some of the other online stores, so
1: That's they right.
2: they had slowly make, they had closed about 50% of their stores mm-hmm. uh before the pandemic. Uh, so that was just kind of like uh the pandemic just kind of pushed them over the edge so to speak. There are a few still hanging on, but I predict by the end of the year, they would no longer be around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you think about it, our youth, teenagers, young 20s, they're the ones who've been employed in retail for the most part, and they've mm-hmm. been working in the the Macy's, the H&M's, the mall stores. So if those jobs go away, where do you see the youth taking up the slack so that they have job opportunity?
2: Um, With Amazon and Google, um, I also see them uh, having opportunities maybe with FedEx. They have great internship programs where you could start uh, entry level and work your way up. Um, And so companies, especially like Amazon, who have the big warehouse space, they are looking for younger people. You know, they're looking for high school graduates and college graduates. Uh, So there will be companies like that that will will be replacing the retail stores. So actually there will be lots more opportunities for uh, high school grads and college grads in that area, as well as social media.
1: And what about the trade? That's um, another area that... um, New workers or, you know, people can start looking into it as well, Uh, plumbing, electricians, Uh contractors, Mm -hmm. and and those jobs that kind of go with that. Uh, One question that's been on my mind, um, particularly here in D.C., has been um, the amount of development that's been going on and how this um, pandemic situation is going to affect that going forward. You know, you have some buildings, condos, apartments, luxury at that, that are being built. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, where, what's going to happen with those going forward? Will will they be closing? Will they be empty buildings? You know, will people fill those buildings? But I'm talking about, in terms of the trade, I'm talking more about uh, for home, you know, individual residences mm-hmm. and for, you know, apartments and things like that, but just the, industry itself it seemed like at one point they weren't being um, people were not going into the trades so do you see Mm -hmm. that something that's going to have more opportunity going into the future
2: i do i see more contractors i see more builders although I'm not quite sure, you know, to your point. You know, there's still so much construction going on. I'm here in Atlanta, and I see construction everywhere, and I see people working on condos and apartments. Uh, there were quite a few office buildings that was going up. I have no idea what's going to happen with that because mm-hmm. a lot of the companies have already um, noticed, if you will, that, that people are more productive at home. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that people will be returning mm-hmm. back to Office space, as we know of it, so I'm not quite sure what's going to happen to all the empty buildings, mm-hmm. but I do know that companies will probably get rid of the brick and mortar places because that's going to be a way for them to save money okay. uh, and because all their employees will be working from home now regarding the condos and um the other the housing uh, Developments. I think that's going to continue, and I and you're right. I think there's going to be um, a need for more contractors, more plumbers, people that we couldn't hardly find before the pandemic, right. would now have positions, a jobs because uh, I know for me, I would feel safer with with someone coming in and working on my plumbing, uh, and I would probably want to go to someone I trust, who would be someone in my community. Right. as opposed to calling um, a big plumbing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know, like, as of last year, contractors, they were hard to find. I mean, I, you just couldn't find them. I mean, they were all on the the big projects. But if you wanted something done in right. your home, it was pretty much impossible to find someone reliable. Mm-hmm. So I do see that changing now. Mm-hmm. And as but we the office space, the- I think it's going to be... It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to all the empty office space buildings. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and what we can create out of those spaces, how we will creatively use them because they are there and mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. be available for use. So as we shift to different types of jobs. Uh, for the most part, what would you say, what skill set does the average person lack that needs to be developed for work of the future?
2: Uh, the the skill set, first of all, in order to, to be successful in a position, you're going to have to have some transferable skills. So, you have to identify the skills you have, and then you have to identify the different industries where you like to go, and then see how you can transfer those skills into a new industry. Uh, for example, if you are a classroom teacher, and this is a scenario that I have I have a lot is that classroom teachers are now looking to move into maybe a corporate environment. So there are ways that they can do that. I mean, they have, uh, they have facilitation skills. They have um, leadership skills. They have training skills. Uh, they have instructional design skills. So they can use those skills in other industries and, and um, environments. So that is one. you have to know what type of skills you have that's transferable. You also have to know how to network and how to communicate. You have to have some analytical skills, uh, how to resolve problems. You definitely need to know how to build and work on teams because that's going to be important. Even though we are working from home, uh, building teams online is just as important as building them in an office, an office environment. Uh, so it's uh, those important. are some of the Actually. things you, you probably need
0: Hmm. I was saying it's more important actually, having been a remote worker for over ten years and a leader, it's more important to build those skills in a remote environment than when you're face to face and co located. Mhm. Do you say
2: that it's easier to build those skills or because some of my managers important. feel like it's more difficult. Okay. It may be more difficult
0: yet it is more important that they be in place so that you mm-hmm. still have the rhythm and coordination of working together.
2: Absolutely. And some of my my um, leadership um, clients, the ones who are in upper management, who've been working with teams face-to-face, now they find themselves working with international teams, and they don't really know how to build a teams, you know, online. So they're struggling with that, uh, and as well when they were face to face with and that was a problem that started when they were they didn't know how to build the teams when they were face to face with their team members so now it's even a bigger challenge for them to to try to build the online teams so uh, it all depends on your management style too because if you can build teams face to face I, I I believe that you can do the same online. It may be, it may take a little bit more work, but then that's the role mm-hmm. of a good manager.
0: Yeah, I mean, it takes actually dealing with people one on one and developing a mm-hmm. rapport, a rapport with them mm-hmm. electronically just as you would if you were meeting up with them at the water cooler. Because that Mm -hmm. whole water cooler time is going away, you have to figure out a way to replace it. Mm -hmm. Some of my
2: clients who are managers have weekly or biweekly, they call them online happy hours, where Mm -hmm. they have the teams together and they might have wine and just open conversation. Uh, so there's been so many creative ways that people are, or managers are thinking of and using and, and building teams and creating that, um, that closeness and that um, uh, trust uh, as well as uh, – and, and the one-on-one meetings too, the one-on-one happy hours is another way that some managers are using that online time to build relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned that there are a lot of the companies who are working remotely, they won't have their workers come back to a physical location. Um, I was reading that over 32% of organizations are also replacing full-time employees with contingent workers as a cost-saving mm-hmm. measure. So we know that's been going on for years, but now they're taking the next step to having a majority of workers who are contingent versus full-time employees. So how – well, we know what that does for the company, right? It saves the company money. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. carrying um, some overhead on the books, and they're paying less benefits. What's the benefit for the employee? Well, the benefits for the
2: employee is well. There are some benefits. Uh, It actually gives the uh, the contractor an opportunity to learn more about the company. They can make a decision as to whether they want to stay there or not. So they can they can find another position if it's not a good fit for them. Uh, And so they have the freedom of doing. They have more freedom of freedom of doing it when they are contractors. And if they were uh, on uh, full-time employees, so that's one. Uh, The other is is that it gives them an opportunity to learn more skills. And by the way, um, when now most companies, you're right, most companies now are starting to hire contract uh, people. However, if you go into the position and they really, really like the the work that you provide and how you Manage and how you um, how you add value, then they will quickly offer you the position because they don't want anyone else to get you. So I always tell my clients one way to get into a company is to take that contract position if they can afford it. Because one thing that is lacking with contract would be the benefits. However, if, if you are negotiating for a contract position there is an opportunity for you to negotiate a higher salary where you can pay your own benefits. So even with that, you can negotiate more money. And you can even say, um, I, I need to pay for my own benefits. What's the possibility of me having a higher salary to compensate for that? Uh, and a good company will happily give that to you. So uh, another benefit for um, employees who are going into a contract position would would be more flex time. It could be shorter. It could be project-based, and so it could be a, a shorter project uh, where they can work for a couple of months, and then they can have a little bit of vacation. Uh, some of my clients want that. They don't want to work a full year now. They want to work like three or four months on a Project-based assignment, and then they want to step back and think about what they would like to do next. So it gives them an op- opportunity to be more flexible.
1: And do those positions mm-hmm. typically pay more?
2: It depends on the uh, industry. For example, IT would pay more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some that would pay less. So, mm-hmm. uh, or IT cyber security would pay more. So uh, you'd have to, of course, think about the type of salary, you have to think about your skills first and uh, the type of salary it would bring as a contractor. Uh, so, yeah, there are some, uh, for example, at administrative type of jobs will, will pay a lower salary than if you went into a uh, managerial type of a position in, uh, for example, in Amazon or Google. Mm-hmm. They also have contract positions. So I say do your homework, you know, do your research. If you would like to take on a contract position, do your research regarding salary, look at what your, um, your, your uh, salary requirements are, and then determine uh, what your salary needs are um, uh, or um, benefits, that is, if you need medical and what that might cost and then have in your mind the salary range you're looking for in a contract position, and uh, and that would be your negotiating point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But I do, and I as do the, in this day and time, I do think that contract is a really great way to uh, get into an organization or into a company.
0: And if you're able to negotiate flexible hours, then you might be able to also do talent sharing, which is performing Mm -hmm. a task force service for multiple companies instead of just one. Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of like the new wave as well. Great idea. Mm -hmm. There are... There are so many options out there. Now, as I said earlier, it's more about creativity and starting to look at, well, what do I want to do and how do I want to do it, and how can I fit that in to this emerging market that is definitely going to have to look different from the way it was. And Mm -hmm. what new roles are going to come about that we haven't even really thought about yet because we're just moving into this, Future of work mm-hmm.
2: This is a Great opportunity to just look Around and see what The need might be after This, this pandemic uh, It's such a great time To be creative if you want to start your own Business there's money available uh, You can also Start a non to help in the Community uh, So many options And especially now with the hashtag Black Lives Matter Companies, especially the Fortune 500 companies, are scrambling now, trying to get some diversity in their upper management roles. So it's a great opportunity for um, for people of color to
0: move up in
2: companies where they are.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's also a great opportunity for entrepreneurs and small businesses to position themselves to go to companies like Amazon and others who have signed up to say, we agree that all lives matter and we're going to be more diverse and and inclusive, to have them actually tasked to hire additional um, people of color, whether it be directly on their staff or in their supply chain. So there's that opportunity as well. I think it's it's almost like affirmative action is happening all over again. It is, but in a different way,
2: because I think now more yeah. people, especially companies, are, are more in tune to the fact that we have been overlooked, and so they want to do something about it. Um, I am working on a project now for a Fortune 500 company to help Coach internal people of color to move up the corporate ladder. So they are putting in a lot of money uh, for coaches to help people of color in inside the company prepare for for positions they're going to open up to put them into. So and that's that's epic. That 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 mm-hmm. hasn't happened in a long time. So this is now the time. If you are a person of color, to think about where you want to go and and um, how you want to get there and be polished, positioned, and powerful to to get it done.
0: That's a great segue into providing your contact information, Chandra. How can people get in touch with you?
2: So you can um, send in email. Chandra at com. my website is dot com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Chandra Russell, and you can also uh, send me uh, find me on Instagram, and that would be Chandra the Coach. Mm-hmm.
0: And you work with people globally. I work okay. with people globally. Be- so I have clients
2: mm-hmm. all over. Um, I my, my, after, the, after the U.S., uh, most of my clients are in the Middle East, uh, but I've also worked with clients in, in the U.K. all over. So um, I'm an international coach. And I also as well do leadership coaching for uh, people who are – I like to work especially with people – in corporations who are wanting to move up the corporate ladder, and especially new managers.
1: Mm-hmm. Chandra, do you so have any activities change? or events coming up soon that you'd like to share?
0: Uh, I am having
2: a team training. So, for uh, uh, going stepping back a minute, I, I uh, work a lot with people who have been laid off. So, you can imagine that's quite a few people now. Uh, And so what I do is team coaching, uh, so that kind of saves them some money from having a a one-on-one coach. Uh, And so they can join my job search search teams. I have one coming up in July. So you join the team. I have about 15 people on the team, and it's group coaching. So each week I provide a, a particular topic, starting with, preparing your resume all the way to um, negotiating a salary. So that's upcoming. Uh, I also do uh, team resume preparation and team LinkedIn coaching as well. So I I, um, help my clients with creating their own uh, LinkedIn profile. Instead of me having to do it, I'll show you how to do it,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: which saves them money.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I wanted to kind of circle back to remote working because I saw that there is a growing concern with the fact that employers are monitoring their remote workers. So um, having that access to their computers and technology gives them the ability to Not just have people virtually clock in and clock out, but also to pick up other information about the employee. Um, I'm just Mm wondering if you have any information about the direction that that's going and really, you know, if, if we should be alerted or if we should be calmed by the fact that any. I I guess, um, privacy issues are being addressed? You know,
2: that's something that is being debated now uh, between, for example, um, in some um, manufacturing companies where people are working from home, they are implementing different types of uh, platforms for them to log in and log out. Uh, That's one of the things that uh, some unions are now – against. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to end. I do know that some of my clients who are looking at companies and doing research for companies where they like to land a position are doing research to find out if that's one of the tools that they use, meaning if they use any type of software to keep up with them. A lot of my clients don't like that and don't want to work in an environment Mm -hmm. like that. They want to be more trusted so there are companies that are doing that, and there are companies that had thought about it, but then they decided not to. So I guess the jury is still out. But but as a job seeker, and if that's something that you don't want, and you feel like it's an invasion of privacy, and in fact it is, then I say just don't don't work for that company because there are going to be companies like that. You know they don't really trust. Especially when you're working from home, they don't know what you're doing. However, on the other side of that companies are finding that employees work more from home or better from home than they did in the office. So that means that they are working longer hours getting more done. And that so, is, uh,
0: hmm?
2: I said that is true.
0: <laughs> mhm.
2: Yeah, because I know we don't know how to balance as the well. work, and we we tend to get up at 11 o'clock at night and do work, and maybe, you know, we're up at 6 in the morning working and take a little bit of a break. So that's one of the challenges some of my clients are having who are working from home, especially the ones that are in upper management. They seem to work 24-7. Right. Uh, and so companies mm-hmm. are taking advantage of that, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. I know people work for uh, companies that track their movements online. They do have to sign in, and if you're inactive for a certain period of time, they'll check in on you. So they do have um, remote, um, the ability to monitor what their employees are doing remotely.
2: You know, an industry that is really uh, big on that would be the customer service industry. Mm-hmm. you know, where they try to monitor the number of hours their representatives are online, and uh, they also, of course, listen into to their phone calls, which is another way of monitoring what they're doing and saying. But that is one area that's always been monitored. Mm-hmm. And um, but, but, but now that people are working from home, there are other companies that are trying to jump in on that too because they feel like mm-hmm. they need to keep up with their um, – With their employees Mm -hmm. but you know um, you know being productive is the key and and if you have I think we're all adults and so if you are given a particular task or have responsibilities in your job then it's up to you you should be trusted enough to get it done unless you prove otherwise right and that's another way of of, uh, that being dealt with but I don't think we need to have that consistent monitoring uh, if we're working from home, I, I think it should show up in um, our our product, or you know, the value that we add, our accomplishments. That's that's a way that we can gauge how successful we are in our jobs. I, that's my view. What do you think, Raisa, You know, you used to work in a Fortune 500 company. What do you think about that?
0: I I totally agree. And I think management looks at it from the viewpoint of upper management can be trusted more because there are deliverables Mm -hmm. and goals. And if you don't Uh get your piece of the work done, that that is clearly obvious immediately because the next person can't do what they need to do. And then Uh there are some roles where it's not as clearly obvious. What people are doing and those types of roles are monitored more closely. Mhm. And that
2: would be a good interview question for someone to ask when they're in an interview. You know how? You know how are do you do you well, maybe you don't want to ask? Are you monitoring your employees? But um, what are your expectations or how do you? Um. How how do you
0: how do you, how do you, you track with? yeah
2: How do you track what your what your employee is is doing, or do you have any tracking mechanisms available, or any tracking applications or platforms that you use in this particular position? And that can give that answer can let you know as to what what are they using or how are they tracking or monitoring their employees.
0: Yeah, whether it's in productivity or time. <laughs> uh-huh. And if it's a mature company, the the measure should be productivity versus how much time,
1: you are know, online.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what other traits do you think that people who are used to working in office need to develop in order to be efficient remote workers? As you mentioned, there's definitely a difference other than monitoring your time so that you don't get burnt out. Well, I think that uh, there
2: should be open communication, a way to um, communicate with your manager and with your team, number one. Uh, And then there should uh, be a way to Build relationships with your vendors or whoever the providers are. You have to think about creative ways to keep them engaged, and maybe uh, creative ways ways to keep them as your customer. Um, There should be some um, sensitivity uh, in the way you talk to people, uh, the way you as well. uh, It should be. the way you handle diverse teams and conversations, things that you can and and cannot say. Uh, There should also be a way for you to identify what motivates your team members, how to keep them motivated, how to uh, build that trust. Um, and in addition to that, that should be some some a way for you to have that downtime. You know that goes because I go back to that because that's most important. You have to know how to balance your work and your life. Otherwise, you'll be as you were in an office environment, spending long hours at the job. You you'll be still spending long hours in your office. So it goes back to just being able to balance those two in addition to communicating.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to say this, and I always say it when it comes up in work meetings. There's no such thing as work-life balance because work is a subset of life. Life is the big picture. So work is supposed to fit into life, not the other way around. <laughs> I know, and we have it backwards, don't we?
2: <laughs> we <laughs> for some reason, we have it. I don't know what – when that flipped, but you're right, you know. And so now the big thing <laughs> is, I work, but I don't have any any time for my family, <laughs> and it should be the other way around, you know. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It's just going to be. That's going to be a really big issue, uh, I think, uh, more so than in the past. Now that more people will be working from home, that's going to be a big issue, uh, as well as. Um, just taking time to exercise and, you know, just having some time for yourself, uh, that's going to be needed. Because one of the things that we lack now is that uh, that uh, that personal relationship that we had with, you know, with, with groups and with our friends. So uh, mm-hmm.
0: to replace
2: that, we do more work. But we're going to have to figure out a way to creatively get back to that social engagement that's so important.
0: Yes, definitely. And another question that I have is around these many businesses that are now failing because they've been closed for so long. And I can see the larger businesses gobbling them up. There will be a lot more mergers and acquisitions, which is really going to change the market. So as in let's say I'm an employee and I am in this merger or acquisition how do I stand out so that I'm not so likely to be one of the people who are asked to leave because of an overlap in jobs
2: Um that's a great question uh because more than likely if there's an acquisition as you know someone's going to lose their job, right? So you want to right. be the person who is who saves. So you can't wait until the, there's an acquisition. You have to always be the, the one who is the, the best performer. Uh, you have to, first of all, most times when I talk to my clients who've been laid off, they say that they don't see the handwriting on the wall. They don't see it coming and and uh but they do they see it there's always signs that there's going to be a, there's going to mm-hmm. be an acquisition or a merger uh, always uh and sometimes we just um we may be in denial but it, a- acquisitions and mergers have been around for the last what 10 15 years or so so we can't mm-hmm. uh ignore that that won't happen so what I say is to always be learning, always be looking at ways to keep your skills updated, always look for opportunities where you are to make a difference and to add value. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say that if you are away from work and no one misses you, then something you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need to figure out a way to add value to what you're doing, to be visible to make sure that your manager know who you are and what you're doing. Because if you're a great worker and you're adding value to the company and to the job, they don't want to lose you. So even if there is a merger or an acquisition, you're going to have someone at the table mentioning your name, mm-hmm. you know, and, and wanting you to stay on board. So that's the way you can't wait until you hear that there's going to be a layoff and then you start, you know, you're you're trying to network and make things happen. So that's not the time. The, the time to do it is way before then. So you go into a company uh and and when you get that position, you start on day 1 figuring out how you can make a difference in the first 30 days, 60 days or 90 days. Your goals is to make sure that everyone knows that you are adding value to that position. So if that happens, you don't have to worry about an acquisition or a merger. Or if you're laid off and you have all those accomplishments and you are visible, then you'll find a job quickly Mm -hmm. because you can network with people who know what you can do and they'll want to get you into their company or send you on to someone who they know is looking for someone like you. That's why networking is the, is the key in finding that next best position. So and and it, I mm-hmm. have so many clients like that who are laid off, and in a couple of weeks they have another position in another company.
1: That's awesome. Shondra, uh, I would also say it's important, and you touched on that as well, to build relationships as well, as, you know, mm-hmm. with your um colleagues and with the, you know, higher up, the VPs, the directors of your department, so that they Mm -hmm. do know you, they have a relationship with you, and depending on who's absorbing who, they can advocate on your behalf. Because if Mm -hmm. your company is being absorbed by another company, then, you know, that might be a little bit more difficult. But if your company is the one that's making the decision pretty much about who stays and who's going to go, the fact that... Um, your VPs, your directors They know you, they have a relationship mm-hmm. With you, they know your value To the company, that will also Benefit you too, but it's important to have Relationships with people as well
2: Extremely important I mean that is that is the key To finding a, another position And even if the company If you're in a company that's being Acquired by another company Let's say you your manager loses His or her position mm-hmm. And they go into another or another company, mm-hmm. guess what? They're going to find you because they want you to come into that company with them because they know you do a good job.
1: Exactly. I've seen that happen. So it so works many- both ways.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have These a great question. <laughs> yeah. This is probably more of a big picture question. And just to get your thoughts on this. Historically, economic downturns, pandemics, and wars have created an even greater economic divide. Where do you see us moving with this pandemic, and what are your thoughts on how we shift to a more level playing field?
2: Oh, and that is a a big question. I think... um... (laughs) I think that in order to to be on a level playing field, it goes back to um, learning, it goes back to training, mm-hmm. goes back to um, being skilled and having transferable skills that you can take into any environment or any industry. Uh, it goes also with... Um, being um, competent, I I think when you are polished and you are competent and you are a, a, a consistent learner, I think that puts you on the same playing field as others who are are polished and and professional and 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 have a goal. You know, a a, a goal regarding career um the only the only way to be um on even playing field is that you all pretty much have the same um the, the same experience of women I maybe not experience but maybe more um uh competencies mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to just, in other words, we all have to be able to be skilled in what we do, and be um, professionals, and be motivated and excited, and all the things that's needed to be successful. If we all have those, then uh, regardless of color, then we are able to be on the same playing field and we should be able to reach toward the same goal and meet the you know, the outcome that that is and have the, um and really uh acquire what we want. Um yeah. so
0: and,
2: and you I, know I know I, I'm I kind ask. of like okay yeah help me, help me here because there's that's a that's yeah. a big yeah, question I, and I, is, I wanna think about it, it is more. That's
0: a big question. And and yeah, and we only have a few minutes left, but I think that's a great answer from a corporate perspective. I I I would add that we still have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur and to go out there and do our own things and sometimes leveling that playing field for us is developing our own and that's something that with the future of work we need to Make more of an option rather than trying to go with the old paradigm of work, just kind of take uh-huh. another look and see how can we shift this shift this yeah game, that's, that's I'll call it. a
2: great point. But you also have to realize as well that there are people who don't want to start their own business or be entrepreneurs, you know. Yes. Um, and, and, and But this is a great opportunity, though, if you did want to do that. It's a great opportunity to start that. But so many people now are kind of discouraged and afraid to start their own businesses because they are afraid of, afraid of failure. So if we could maybe put something in place to where we can coach people to, and, and help mm-hmm. them realize they can be successful, then we might have more people interested because you're right, this is the time to start a business. Mm-hmm. But because people are more afraid of failure than they are of success, it's a, it's a challenge. So, that is something uh, we probably need to have a conversation about. What can we do to help people become more secure uh, in wanting to start their own businesses? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and that's career coaching
2: as well yeah it is It is. I work a lot with people too who have started their own business and I do know that they are fearful you know and it takes a matter Mm -hmm. of of you could just snap your finger and they're like okay I'm ready to go back to work because I don't really want to deal with all of this I'd rather just get a paycheck every week and not have to worry about all the other pieces of having my own business Mm.
1: That's,
0: that's that's right the paycheck and your benefits, uh-huh. and, yeah, uh-huh. it's a lot less stress. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Chandra, can you give us your contact information once again? Okay. Contact me at my email, Chandra,
2: C-H-A-N-D-R-A, at careercoachchandra.com, or you can go into my website and send me a message through my website, and that is, CareerCoachChandra.com, or you can go into LinkedIn and find me on LinkedIn, Career Coach Chandra, Coach Chandra, and, and as well, you can find me on Instagram, Chandra the
0: Coach. Fantastic. Any last words that you'd like to leave us with? Well, I, I want to
2: just say, first of all, this, these were great questions. Thank you so much. Um, and it was such—it's um, uh, refre- really refreshing to be on a on a call like this with all the great questions. Uh, but in order to, um, uh, what I want to leave you all with is to just to recognize that this is the time to create whatever it is that you want. It's the time as well for you to find that perfect position. Even though the unemployment rate, you know, don't get distracted by that. Just. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you want to do and where you want to go and how you want to do it, and then prepare to get to to that place. You know, make sure that you're polished. Make sure that you're positioned with your networking uh, contacts, and make sure you are ready. Polished, positioned, and powerful is what it takes now to get to where you want to go, whether it's your own business or whether it's in the next job. So go for it. This is is the time. (laughs)
0: Yes, this is the time. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to CIS Empowerment Radio. Please, next week, as we talk about birthing in uncertain times with Doula Hayes Rosen. Thank you for joining. Until the next time, remember to infuse harmony into your everyday living.